Good morning and welcome to our latest uh, Pulley podcast view from, I was going to say view from the Vic, Joe, but it's view from the Suits Direct Stadium, isn't it? We better get that right, otherwise we'll be in trouble. Um, it is a very cold uh, December morning, but um, myself and Joe are buoyed by Hackman United's recent win at Crawley, um, so we thought we'd better do a, another podcast to uh, reflect on that, uh, look ahead to January, um, we'll discuss the Pool's Christmas party as well, um, latest injury situation. And um, yeah, plenty to uh, get our teeth into this morning. Um, let's start with the win then, Joe, because uh, we'll be getting accused of only doing podcasts after they get beat otherwise. Um, great win for Pools Friday night away. Um, away at Crawley, um, much important win. Um, and to be fair, they have picked up the, the very odd win this season, but then the problem is that they've then really been able to build on it. And with a kind of sustained run of either wins or at least being undefeated and kind of building some momentum. Um, Pools are they're not adrift, obviously, ahead of January, um, which is good despite the shock and start they had. Um, where, where do you sort of see pools at the minute? Um, and how would you kind of assess the table? And how frustrating is it that there's you know, there's clearly not a huge amount of quality at the bottom of League Two, and with a few more wins, pools could could pull themselves out of it, but it's stringing those wins together, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Keith Curls touched on it a couple of weeks in a row now in terms of just been night and day, you know, whichever variation of that you want, Jekyll and Hyde, you know, we're getting one decent performance or one decent 45 minutes and then they're following it up with a pretty shocking 45 minutes or a pretty shocking 90 minutes, you know. We got um, good performance down at Stevenage sort of last month. A mistake from Ben Killer costs them what would have been a really good point down there, tough place to go. Then they go to Barrow and the game's over inside 10 minutes, 2-0 down, awful 45 minutes to be honest. Then they play Harrogate in the FA Cup, you know, probably the performance of the season. And you're thinking, right, this is a turning point looking at the fixtures ahead. And then they go into that Stockport game and you were there yourself as well. And it was just bad on all levels, really, that particularly given the occasion of Dave Challenger's return as well. Um, so then you, you were worried about this fixture going into Crawley last week because these three games, the Crawley game, Newport this weekend, Rochdale Boxing Day, they're just three massive, massive games for them to stay in touch, as you were touching on there. But they were, they were excellent, to be honest. I think you can probably revoke the Harrogate game being the performance of the season and move into this one, given the pressure that was on this game. You know, they haven't won away from home since March last season. And as I said there, this was a game that they, they needed something from. I know you probably wouldn't turn down a point if you are offered it, given the circumstances, but... And it's even more so the conditions as well when you think of the freezing temperatures. You know, side note, I don't think I've quite thought out just yet, four days on. But <laughs> they went there and they managed the game really, really well and, and they deserved the win. So, clean sheet, massive, you know. Um, it just gives you such a, a boost going into a home game now that's really winnable against Newport, you know. So, but what it, it was more than a result as well, the performance, you know, in, in games that we've seen where they have won, the rare ones, you know, they've had... Ben Killip to thank probably for them keeping them points, you know, making big saves at big times. Crawley didn't really threaten them at all. I think they only had one shot on target, which came, excuse me, which came in stoppage time. You know, game was over 2-0 then. They were um they were quite slick in the passing, you know, they moved around nicely, played in the opposition half at times, you know, it didn't feel as though they were safe as what we've seen. You know, and I think Keith got he addressed that after the game, saying there's more to come from that. You know, I think they might be a little bit still too reserved given where they are in the league, but they control the game. You know, the enforced change for Crawley probably didn't help them. You know, I think uh, they lost the top goal scorer and the captain both in the first 15 minutes, but 
obviously that's not necessarily Hartlepool's fault. They've got to go and build on that and capitalise on that. And they did, you know. And as I say, defensively, credit where it's due. We've we've knocked them, we've criticised them on this pod when they've deserved it. You look a week ago, Stockport shipped five, could have been more. You know, they were all over the place. But they were solid. They clearly looked better as a back three or a back five, whichever variation you want to look at it. So... And that clean sheet was what Curl said after the game. You know that was what he, he took as being the most important factor of that. Two, a two 0 win, keeping the clean sheet on the road gives you the best possible chance of getting points. So we've said it a lot. I mean, I was reluctant to say it in terms of we need to build on this. We need to see something else going forward now. But it's obvious it, it, we've got to go and try and back that up on Saturday in what is a really winnable game. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> obviously, Keith Curl has been. Um, been asked the question a few times now and leading into January and he's often said you know let's just get to January if we can get a January if we can get a January there's a lot of pressure and owners being put on January fans will have seen the um, you know the calendar for 2023 I don't think it's a coincidence that there are no current Hartlepool players on there it's going to be a Legends calendar um, there's going to be major well I say as major changes as you can do mid-season um, what, I mean, what would you expect maybe six in six or seven out potentially something like that as much if you're looking to change or certainly bring in at least half a dozen players of quality. Yeah, I'm expecting the the blue and white flag that their uh, scarf that they use to be used quite a lot. To be honest, maybe not as much as it was used in the summer. I think we get 16, 17 if you include Chris McGuire. I'll not be that number, but I, I expect them to be busy. Um, in, and as you say, in terms of exits as well, and I think they'll have to be because you almost question whether sort of a financial fair play might come into things given how many they brought in in the summer. So they, they might have to let some go, whether it'll be loans going back. I know Ellis Taylor is he's he's obviously heading back back up to Sunderland, you know, that, that was we discussed that last last week in the mail. So that's one there's one slot available you'd suspect. You look at some of the other loans, maybe Jack Hamilton, he's been in and around the team under Keith Curl, but has he done enough to if there's an is if, if there's a better option there, could he be someone who goes back? Clark do another one, you know, he was brought in by Paul Hartley as a number 10, I guess. But I don't think we've seen him in a number 10 position. He's kind of played everywhere, but I think, you know, he's been filling in at left-back, wing-back, up, up that left-hand side. But again, if there's another option available, would, would it be better for them to send him back? You look at players like Mika and Jolie, we haven't seen him since October. He's someone that could, you know, he's not been in around the squad. He's left out down at Crawley. Could they be looking to move him on? Brody Patterson left him out of Crawley. I asked why he was left out at Crawley as well. And Keith Curl said, strictly tactical decision, you know, and didn't bring him because I didn't want to bring players that I don't need. So to me, that if you're putting Regan Tumultly at left back rather than an actual left back, kind of tells me where he probably is in his plans at the moment. So he's another one who could possibly be going. So there's a handful of players without really scratching too far beneath the surface where you think, could be moved on if there's options to be brought in. Um, and then going beyond that, you look at players who might be out of contract as well. I'm thinking Jamie Sturry straight away off the top of my head. He, he's someone who's out of contract in the summer and he'll be able to negotiate with, with other clubs next month, if I'm not mistaken, you know, with only six months left on his deal. Mm. There's a one again where you think if there's an offer come in, do they look to cash in? Do they look to try and keep him? Does he need to stay to try and get a move at the end of the summer or another contract with the club? You know, uh, Joe Gray, he's, I don't think he started a game this season in the league. So, it's my understanding that he was someone where there was talks in the summer where a short-term loan while he was coming back from injury might have been an option. 
Wilson might that be an option again with them not getting the game time, you know. So there's a lot of players who could easily be moved on with, with players to come in because Keith Kelsman had no secret whatsoever of saying that there's going to be changes next month. Yeah, we're certainly expecting a busy month on that front. Um after the Stockport game, then let's reflect on that. Um obviously return of Dave Chalner. Um just prior to the game it was announced that Keith Curl was signing a new uh 18-month contract with the club. Um so going from interim to permanent. Um that was announced shortly before the Stockport defeat, which was obviously a heavy one. Um Poole's going down 5-0 at home to Dave Chalner's side. Um Raj Singh obviously made references program notes to Keith Curl. Keith Kell's new deal, there was no reference to Dave Chandler. I suppose it would be a great surprise over that. Um, Chandler certainly won out on that day. How did you assess that performance, Joe? And then we'll come on to the Christmas party decision, which uh, which proved the right one in the end. I mean, what can you say about that performance, to be honest? Um, given the occasion of it, you know, I mean, there was a lot of lot of noise about Dave Chandler's return. Um there was a, there was a lot of supporters who probably still feel a little bit hurt by his exit, even though a year on, thirteen months on, we, there's a lot more understanding around it, um, especially given the trajectory of both what's happened with him at Stockport and where Hartlepool have gone towards the foot of the table. But just the way that they they just didn't turn up at all. I mean, the first sort of ten fifteen minutes there was nothing in the game, and then they conceded two goals in four minutes, and that was it. It was game over. Body language was was the most concerning aspect of that. There was the, the yard, two yards off the pace throughout the rest of the game. There was no reaction. Like if you get the half time, I know Jay Hasty missed a really really good opportunity right on the stroke of half time. If that goes in, it could make things different. But there was just no lift whatsoever. Uh, and then the second half, they just stopped. Ball. They didn't even get our first gear. Really, did they? You know, they, they just strolled, strolled through the game. Scored three. Could have scored four, five, six in the second half, and it was. I mean, you could tell with the exodus really from the ground, you know, there was next to nobody left in the stadium at the end of the game, which you can understand. You can understand the frustrations, the way that this year has gone. I think we spoke about it yesterday, didn't we? The way this year has gone since March, since the Papa John's Trophy semi-final defeat against Rotherham. You can, you can go back to there is where, that's where kind of everything's changed almost. Um, I mean, Dave Chandler said it, after the game, he was, he was upset. Well, not upset, but it was hard to see. Nobody left in the ground at the end of the game because he, he wanted to use that opportunity to go on. So I thank supporters because he never really got the chance to when he left uh, 13 months ago. So, which he did, you know, those who, who did stay, he went around the round the field and he applauded them, which I, I thought he, he conducted himself really well throughout that week. You know, there was an interview elsewhere, wasn't there, where he came across really well. He spoke to us after the game, spoke really well, said he hopes that he wants nothing more than for Article to get out of the situation that they're in. So he, Really touch a class about Dave Chalmers that day, and yeah, just the kind of way that things are going for Hartlepool at the minute. If there was one day that he didn't want a performance like that, it was probably that one. But that's what they got. Uh, for those watching on the video, uh, Joe's frozen, but we can hear him, so we'll carry on. Um, because this is a, a pod after all. Um, yeah, very disappointing, and it soon emerged that, um, uh, it was that weekend that Hartlepool United squad were having their Christmas party. Um, Often a contentious issues amongst fans, depending on how your form's going. Um, and on the back of a 5-0 defeat, you know, the optics, I suppose, aren't great that the players then go out and let the hair down. However, um, I thought Keith Curl handled that pretty well last week. Um, gave the players probably just enough for a bit of rope. 
and more than they expected, you know, a performance against Crawley, which he clearly got. So all's well that ends well. Um, I know you wrote about the Christmas column in your uh, Christmas party and your, your column for the mail, Joe. Um, what were your thoughts? I mean, I suppose everyone's entitled to a Christmas do, aren't they? It's, just, it's always different with footballers because it's often related to how the how the current form is going. If you're top of the league, if you're in promotion, then nobody really cares. If you're struggling at the bottom of the league, then players should be hauled in the next day and flogged to death in training. But um, as Kel alluded to, that you can sometimes lose them as well that way. So it's, uh, it's about careful man management, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. That you know, uh, I think we, we probably all have our opinions on it when you get. When you get hit for five, you're thinking, well, even as a player, I guess part of them might have been thinking, should we go on this? And that's probably what Keith Curl did. He was leaving the ball entirely in their, in their court, you know. All right, you go out, you go and enjoy yourselves, but make no mistake, you, you know, you're going out knowing that you've just been hit for five at home, you're bottom of the league, which they were at the time. It's not really a cause for celebration, is it? But as I touched on in that column as well, you know, that it's not like the players are going out and they they not wanting to get big 5-0, you know, that they, they are trying, they, they want to get out of the situation and they're kind of encapsulated in this situation as well. They're going to train every day, they know the bottom of the league, they know they not haven't been playing well. It's kind of their only escape sometimes as well to get away from things like that. So in the end, I thought it was it was good man management for him. I think he even said the old him would have would have brought them in. He'd have had them in double sessions sort of thing and you ruined my weekend, so I'm going to ruin yours. Football's kind of moved on a little bit, hasn't it? You know, the managers these days have got to be quite careful how they how they deal with their players, and obviously with the social media aspect as well. Got plenty of criticism online for suggestions that they were that were going out, and he addressed it well. You know, and that was one of the things that he was keen to 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 bring up after the win on Friday. You know, he said, "I, I let them go out and do it," almost on the presumption that you get a performance on Friday night, and, and they certainly did. So. It just goes back to what we said almost at the top of the pod. You've just got to hope that that it brings something else going into into Saturday and then going into Boxing Day because these are two games. But I mean, I say two games. You can look into January as well. You know, I think they play Colchester and uh, Gillingham and then Rochdale again and and Harrogate in January. You know, so these next sort of six weeks in terms of transfers and fixtures are probably going to decide the season. Definitely. So like yeah, yeah, like you say, I mean, getting the mentality right. If you're going to lose them. Into if, if he stops that, brings them in, double sessions, works them hard, doesn't give them that sort of that free free time away from it all. Do they go to Crawley and win? Is the mindset how it probably is now going into Saturday? You know, it's on for the bit. Indeed. Um, just to go back on the the decision then to give Keith Keller an eighteen month contract. Um, two schools of thought, I suppose. One. Um, Gives a club a bit of stability. Um, you know, it's not great having an interim manager because you know that will seep into the dressing room and the players' mindset potentially. Oh well, he's only interim; he might not be here next week. And the flip side is, when you're heading into January as well, the window. You know, you're trying to sign players for however long. Um, they want to know who the manager is going to be, so it's not great. Again, if you've got an interim manager and they're not really sure how long he's going to be there for, so it gives a bit of security, obviously, to curl. Certainly, a bit of security to the club. Um, some fans would argue, why is it an 18-month deal? Why not just permanent until the end of the season? Because um, if pools were to get relegated, then there would be you know, uh, widespread uh, analysis of what's gone wrong. You know, would Kel be the right man to lead them back in the nation in the you know back from non-league again? All those kind of questions. Were you surprised that it was an 18-month deal, or do you think that's the right call from from Rajson? Um, a little bit. 
a little bit, like you say, with the interim. I mean, I was once he was announced as interim, I was expecting that to be until the end of the season. I thought the timing of it was whether I agree with the decision of him being permanent or not, which I think I do. Um, the timing of being made permanent was one certainly to raise debate as well, particularly just when it was announced sort of hours before the previous manager returning. But yeah, in terms of what you're touching on there, yes, it brings that stability in, in both sides because you know the club. I mean. Keith Curl could easily have turned around at any point over the last couple of weeks and said that this is not working for me. You know, shake hands. It's, it's a bigger job than I thought it was going to be. So, yeah, because it's, it's not his squad, is it? It's, he's, he's just been dealt a hand. And as much as he gets criticism from some quarters, potentially when they, they lose, like against Stockport County, he's not actually signed any of these players bar, bar the odd loan players. So. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, Keith Curl's not, he's not absolved of any sort of blame here. You know, there's. Yes, he hasn't brought any. I mean, he brought two players in, in Theo Robinson, who was no longer here after six weeks, and Chris Missalou, you know, so it's open for debate from that. And but some of his substitutions, you know, open for debate. Team selections, I mean, again, we look Friday night, he, he's playing Regan Tumultly at left back rather than left back. David Ferguson's been in at centre half, you know, it, it's open for debate. He, he's still got work to do in that aspect of things. But like I said, at any point in this sort of 11 games, I think he's had now or 12 games in the league. He could easily turn around and said, No, it's not for me, it's not it's a bigger job than I thought it was going to be and walk away. So it gives the club that security. Equally though, it gives Keith Curl that security. I mean, to be honest, I'm saying that from the outset, he's he's told us that he wanted the permanent job in the summer, to be honest. And then when he got the job, he wanted it to be permanent. So it just it knits everything together quite nicely. And I think all the comments that were said around it in terms of looking ahead to January, you know, he feels confident that the club are backing him. By, by making him permanent, he's going to be back next month. Um, and then the 18 month deal does that mean, yeah, that the club are now saying, right, you are a man to get us to safety and kick us on next year or bring us back up, you know? So, yeah, it does just bring a settle things down a little bit. And that can, like I say, people can hopefully move on a little bit from that. And I suppose either way, whatever happens, there will be a sort of a, an assessment again at the end of the season, whichever division they're in. But if Keith Curl's signing that deal, you know. You'd like to think that the intention is there that he's he's here to, to see it out certainly till the end of next season. Good stuff. Uh, just a couple of quick bits to finish. Uh, just to add on Jamie Sterry really on his return, his performance Friday night, and and just a look ahead to Newport as well. What kind of game challenge you're expecting from them? And um, you know, do you have any confidence that Pools could string together back-to-back wins, which is which would be massive? Because I mean, there's what half a dozen teams at the bottom of the League Two. Um, who are in this relegation or survival battle? So, um, if you can at some point string together a couple of wins, that's a massive boost, isn't it? Yeah, it is totally. I mean, to go back to the first aspect of the question, uh, I thought Jamie Sherry was excellent on Friday night, to be honest. You know, there's been a lot of worry about him, I suppose, in the sense that he's, I think, he'd only played 10 games this season before Friday night. You know, um, he's been a big, big miss for them because he's only one of sort of a handful of players who are still here from the team that got promoted and the team that have been sort of on that upward path over the last 12 months before what's happened this season. So to have him back was a real boost. I was keen to see if we saw any sort of reaction in terms of, was he stretching out his calf or anything like that? Like that. Not at all. He completed the full 90 minutes comfortably. Treated conditions, like I say, and I mean, he had, he had the beating of any any one of the three or four players who were going up and down that uh, 
right hand side against them. So excellent defensively, brought that little bit of calmness to the team. But he was an outlet as well going forward. I think he had the first shot on target in the game. You know, he picked a lovely crossfield ball out on the chest from Callum Cook, cut inside, had an effort at goal. And then second half, he was getting forward, as I say, and putting crosses in as well. I think, I think, look, I did a stats piece earlier, and I think he touched the ball more than any other Hartlepool player and had the second most passes. So it kind of tells you how important he was in the win. You know, to me, it's probably no coincidence that they kept a clean sheet with going back to a five and him being involved. So huge performance from him and huge to have him back. Touched on it there when we were talking about the transfer things. It's a big six months for him. He needs to get a run of games in the side, injury free. And it's a bit of a catch-22 because if he's in the side, he's given Hartlepool a better chance of winning games or getting points and ultimately staying in the Football League. So, flip side of that is then obviously he's then given himself a stronger hand at, in negotiations later down the line, whether it be here or, or elsewhere. But huge to have him back, huge plus. And going into this, this Saturday, obviously, yeah, you'd like to see him starting again and it's just a huge game again. You know, we can't dress it up, these three games in particular, and then Harrogate on New Year's Day. I know the Mansfield's in between, but they're just games that they need to be getting a haul of points from to keep in touch. Um, you saw how big three points can be on Friday night, you know, to move them out of the bottom three. It's brought in, it's brought them to within six of Crawley, seven of Newport. You know, if they can go and beat Newport on Saturday, brings them right back into it, you know, and that's stretching up sort of 18th, 19th in the table. So it won't take much. That, that, that's what we're kind of realising here, despite how poor they've been with only winning sort of three games this season. It's not going to take much to keep them in touch. And we've said it we've said it all along on, on the pod this season. It's, it's probably easier to stay in this division than it is to get out of the one below. So it's imperative <laughs> by any way to just to, to stay up this season. And these next sort of six weeks of the games that they've got coming up are, are absolutely going to be cr- crucial to that. Um Newport Saturday, yeah, very, very winnable. Although I imagine Omar Bogle, another former player heading back, might have something to say about that. <laughs> Indeed. Thanks, Joe. <clears throat> uh, appreciate your time. Um, Joe's on a few days off now before I flog him in December. Over the festive <laughs> period. Um, and yeah, um, obviously, yeah, keep keep track on the Hartlepool website for all the latest uh, team and injury news and analysis from Joe, his latest column, etc. ahead of the weekend. Uh, and do p- please pick up a copy of the mail, uh, which is out every Thursday in all good shops. Um, and we'll be back at some point over the festive period with another Booty podcast. Until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>